Hello, it's Gabriel McBird. Oh yeah, is that the Philly? Um, yeah, yeah. Thanks very much indeed. Um, um, hi, it's Gabriel McBird here on the 15th of January 2019. I'm at. Uh, we're all on the Harry Potter tour. Uh, with our kind of work trip Christmas thing that we're doing after Christmas. So we've already been to a breakfast place called VQ, which is 24 hours a day, uh, where I had uh, a croissant and a breakfast, sausage, egg, beans, tomatoes, muffin. Quite good, quite help, helpful staff, but uh, it was seven quid, which I thought wasn't, given it's at a station, too bad. Anyway, we're now at the Harry Potter tour. We've been for a wander around. There is a we're not started the tour yet we don't start it till three and it's about quarter to two now there's a starbucks and a lobby cafe um nothing harry potter themed as yet although we're told there is somewhere halfway around where you can buy stuff including a butter beer uh, and however much the butter beer is to well sometimes it's no more than a tenner i'll have to try it and i'll report on what i think of it see how they've imagined it for now it's a philly steak sandwich which is just over a tenner uh, and i'll let you know what i think okay so it was um steak in a ciabatta with um cheese uh onion and also rosemary chips <laughs> excuse me um and a can of dr pepper for 10 pounds 70 I wouldn't say it's amazing value. It was a full meal and a drink, which could make it, you know, which could make it, um, um, I would say, the sort of price I'd expect to pay at a train station or something like that, and reasonable quality. Um, as I've said, they could do so much more in Harry Potter. Um, you, know, you know, you've got Mr... Mr. Madam Puddyfat's tea shop in there for a start. I don't know whether that appears in the films, admittedly. But, you know, um, all you get is Starbucks and the lobby cafe. Your Starbucks is standard and this lobby cafe is... You know, it could be absolutely anywhere. So, yeah. I mean, I've made this, this complaint quite commonly. I will report on what I think of the place as we go. I'll mention obviously what I think about the audio description but these wouldn't be my booze if food and drink didn't take centre stage. Okay I'm actually now at home. So that meal came with rosemary chips. Um, sorry rosemary, I said rosemary chips in the original I didn't mean rosemary chips I meant uh, new potatoes cooked with rosemary. Um, skin on jobs quite nice um and then we went on the actual tour after that around the harry potter studios there's a hell of a lot of stuff there um typically the tours take three to four hours and they are based on you know re really on the film set um i've read all the books but i've not really i mean i've been in places where the film's been on but not necessarily paid a lot of attention um but it was quite interesting looking at some of the props um how they've imagined stuff and of course what things look like really doesn't necessarily relate to how things feel so 
you know, something that you'd expect to be made of metal might actually be made of fiberglass and resin with a good paint job. Because interestingly, with most film sets, my understanding is that after the film's made, they just really get rid of them. And might last a couple of months or something in case there's any more bits that ever need to be done. But essentially, it's even though they've spent loads of money on it, it's throwaway stuff. Whereas the film set has had to last at the Harry Potter Museum, or the Harry Potter Studio, should I say. I was just coming uh, um, on to that, though. We we had an audio, um, we booked um, an audio tour aimed you know, at people who are visually impaired. And we were helped around by someone called Gina, who was excellent. She... Um, she allowed us to feel some of the bits of um of the set obviously again it's it it is it's 18 years old some of this stuff now and it's you know given that it was probably only really built to last a few months i understand why they have to be careful and selective to some extent about what we can actually touch um but we were able to touch you know more than sighted people would be able to touch we got a lot of help going round, a lot of description, and she really did know us stuff extremely well. As a, as a kind of, I suppose, neg- I don't know if it's a negative aspect, as a consequence of it, we were unable to watch um, quite a lot of the films and videos that were going, that were actually playing in the different rooms. You can, I believe, hire a digital guide. Uh, and while being helped round is really useful and really you know it you know it it is helpful because it means we we get to go from one place to another um in some situations we got um sort of slightly accelerated in the queue because there are a few exhibits that you interact with to some extent but part of the reason why they don't do sort of the really themed food everywhere is that this is meant to be a museum rather really it's a museum of the film set it's not kind of a theme park type experience um and i've seen this kind of it it can almost become a conflict of interest really and i've also seen it at places like bletchley park as well where obviously yeah they want you know they want people to yes enjoy themselves but you know when you've spent masses of money on something like a film, the way in which things were filmed and the way that effects were created are clearly something that, you know, it's it's of interest to people itself and the people who are fans of a particular film or a particular book, you know, they want to take it seriously. And there's certainly lots of ability to really get fully immersed um, when you go around the Harry Potter tour. So it was definitely a full day out. Um, there is one place where I suppose you could say we had the theme park experience, and that was in the cafe, where you can buy we can buy the butter beer, which was three pounds ninety five for a cup, which is a bit expensive, but I, I suppose my understanding is of this that it was um, created by the people at Orlando that run the Harry Potter theme park, and J.K. Rowling did try it and suggest the one that she tried. You know, the one that approved the one that she thought would be nearest to how she'd imagined the drink when writing the book. And it was like cream soda with a bit of 
with bit of um well because you don't get cream in cream soda although it tastes creamy but this had stuff like cream in it butter i suppose and it had a butterscotch flavor um so cross between between the butterscotch and cream soda type thing i wouldn't say it's very um first quenching and they also sell it in an ice cream as, as an ice cream cone which uh is not surprising given it's so creamy i can easily see how it becomes ice cream um and i think they did however sell it for i think they sort of seven pounds 95 including a souvenir plastic tankard well given all the um stuff about you know sort of sort of re non-reusable plastic and how you know and the need you know, to to use less plastic. I thought they could have used a material such as pot or metal. I felt, you know, ceramic or metal or something. It, I think they could have offered something a bit more, um, bit more reasonable, but I, I, I didn't bother with it for that reason. Um, it's a, there is a gift shop there, but it is expensive. I mean, a Harry Potter scarf will cost you, um, um, a Harry Potter scarf will cost you about £27. And they made various ones with the characters' names on them. I think about 30 quid as well. Really quite expensive. Um, so, yeah, I didn't buy anything from the gift shop. And it, it was really pricey. Um, but it's... it's You know, I, I felt the actual staff who were at the event itself were really good. You may remember I did an audio boo about Madame Two Swords. Um, well, this it was like comparing day and night. 